0: So, yeah. let me share the quality of that quote, so we don't people did 't miss it with my interruption. Um, you can 't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your
1: hair yeah. and what does that mean draw that out
0: so you just uh, you, you get a a lustful thought you just don't don't own it you don't grab it and and chew it over and let it become part of you. Yeah. I've dealt with lust in a wonderful way. Many years ago, I had uh, surgery on my eyes, laser surgery. And they give you an option, get both eyes done, and you can't see in the distance, but you can see up closely. Or get one eye done, and you can see in distance, and you can read it. And which I, So I got one eye done, which means when I look at the distance with my right eye, it goes blurry. So when I see a lustful woman, I just close an eye like that. and She turns in an instant blur, but I do get slapped a lot. You're <laughs> weak, you're weak, then.
1: I, Ray, was it, was it you the one that told me that every time you feel that temptation, you pray for wisdom?
0: Yeah, you pray a negative, a positive, sorry. Or I look at the sky and just say, how cool that sky is that God has mm-hmm. made. Distract myself because once they're out of sight, they're out of mind. Yeah. It really does help yeah. to just look away, and but uh, I, I, it's very hard for women to understand. Like Easy was saying, the nuclear power thing. It really is true. You, you're, you're driving your car, and I can see a lusty woman from fifteen miles away, hmm. and I just got to be. That so was a careful. mountain.
2: Your eyes were blue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and even at my age, and, and guys, it does not. The fire does not go out. It gets worse as you get older. I'm coming up to seventy-four, and I'm talking about I'm fighting lust daily. It's yeah. crazy.
3: I have an idea. Let's take here this big rubber band thing and put one over each of our shoulders and then connect it to our pants, and this will hold our pants up. We do
0: apologize to people from... Yeah, all of our southern 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 friends. Southern
3: folks, we we do love you. And then let's do something similar for each one of our little cute (laughs) sockies. Okay, guys. uh, Suspenders and garters. They're I called, they're called bra- braces in New Zealand, and Australia and England. Braces. What? The suspenders. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Suspenders are coming back and I kind of want a. Oh, I I love and them. I love and, to and go like that. As I was thinking through all this, immediately you came to my mind. I'm like, Oscar would totally wear suspenders. I
2: would, I, I wear suspenders under suits, but I would totally wear a casual pair of suspenders. That's so would terrible. Would
0: you wear them in shorts? Like Lita Helson? <laughs> I had to like put a, them on when we did like this. Like a USPS we, guy? We did this episode in switzerland you guys had me standing on the matterhorn on
3: those little short <laughs> John 3, 16. the only thing that was missing were like clogs i would have seen you in clogs, Who invented right? clogs they would have made you taller too i know really did they seriously walk around in these wooden shoes fully wooden
2: shoes don't knock
3: it till you try it <laughs> 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 clogs knock, knock it Tell you try it i wonder if they had racing in clogs Hundred meters <laughs> clogs. Oh, it surprise me, but seriously, who who came up with hoo 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 Who came up? Who, who came up? There's actually a can... thing is a
0: hoo hoo grub in New Zealand, by the way. Oh uh, what what? hoo hoo grub. That's I'll what try it's it. called. Yeah, actually, they do eat them. Yeah, they good. Yeah, have disgusting. you ever seen an owl? They're like no, they're like oh. huge maggots. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear the silence you then well you sounded so excited as you uh, said no that. no i wouldn't eat that. Age, yeah. Maggots. Yeah. juicy
3: <laughs> uh reminds me of uh oh reminds me of remember lord of the rings that one absolutely reading it right now one scene when uh they they were like they didn't have enough food and stuff and he was, oh, all, all mean- we have is old maggoty bread. <laughs> <laughs> maggots anyway uh who came up with suspenders and why I don't know, but I like them. They're stupid, Oscar. No way. These are rubber bands around your shoulders holding up your pants. Who thought, who thought of gonna... those? Okay, but Ray, you're from that era. Uh, help me <laughs> help to understand sock garters, please. Okay, that's that's different. Okay. Actually, I'd wear them. What's that, Ray? Hoo-hoo grub. <laughs> Ray's gone on the hoo-hoo grub. Oh. That's disgusting. Oh,
2: that's good.
3: Oh, Ooh, that's real? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ray, it's please disgusting. don't ever show us a picture. Of um, it's so a that maggot. your
0: socks don't come down when you're sitting up on a stage and
3: people see your bare leg, which looks horrible. Um, so, what era? I mean, we, we living in the twelve hundreds. Well, we still we don't. don't, don't, don't get, socks have elastic no, around. Everything
0: them? goes round in circles. Suddenly, they'll become in, and everyone will want them. They're so. St- stupid
3: i looked them up yesterday and the most uncomfortable things things are wrapped around your your ankle your, i've uh, never scams. worn them but i think it's more english jolly good shell chap They're it's really ridiculous good. how about girdles ray would you ever wear a girdle what's a girdle it's, there's men girdles <laughs> so myrtle you look as though you got, got, got a
0: great physique when you've got a you know they on. make them for men yes uh yeah, yeah but Let's say what a girdle is It's It sounds like you're gargling
3: or something But it's a thing that pulls all the fat And around your waist <laughs> Really tight so it looks like you have uh, a great How vain are we as people, seriously You know, it's funny, when Rachel and I were newly married I, I have no idea why, don't ask me why But I just came up with this random song One day that I
1: sang to her Here we go No, no, it's okay No,
0: no
3: please,
1: please One
3: day you'll
2: wear a girdle Baby, one day you'll wear she probably oh, that's loved it awful. I am so impressed With uh, Rachel
0: Yeah, Rachel we, we, Let's put together And send her A great big gold watch Or something I'm just saying oh,
3: Easy. Rachel's amazing she, Well, she grew up With Ray Comfort As her dad
1: That's fair What does that
3: mean? Well, that means That you conditioned her For a <laughs> lunatic like me Yeah,
1: I guess you're right Yeah uh, like Are, I'm always surprised, I guess I shouldn't be, how clean your house is. I mean, Rachel keeps the house extremely clean. And what I'll do is I'll go over to the top of the refrigerator in the very, very back where she can't reach, and I'll (laughs) drag my finger across the top. And I'll let the dust go inside the air. And I go, Rachel, this is unacceptable.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: Easy's going to go home. She and I had a talk
1: after that, Mark.
0: Easy's (laughs) going to go go home and wipe the fingerprints off the top of that refrigerator.
3: Exactly. Mark's filthy fingerprints. But, guys, look, of all the crazy things that that have been invented over time, right? Uh, Garters and girdles and corsets, the the, the one thing I cannot understand breath mints. No, we, we get it. We know. <laughs> Helotosis. Uh Bustles. Explain. Oh, bustle. Explain. What? Wait, what's a bustle? It's a I bustle. Knew, I bustle. knew you two wouldn't yeah. know. A
0: bustle is when you want to carry a tray of... Um, <laughs> do
3: how, do I, how do I say this? A
0: tray of... Key round the back. It's a, <laughs> it's a woman. They accentuated the rare, oh. their rear end, oh. so it stuck out. Yeah, you guys don't remember. They look like they look bustle. like a chicken. It's like a chicken. I've <laughs> seen a lot of ladies today wear bustles. They're natural.
3: No, <laughs> natural bustles. No, but seriously, what was behind
0: Should, bustles? Right? Not try to Google. D- it. Was that a joke? I was no, to. it's fine. That's no. Victorian hey. looking. Yeah. what's behind bustles? The bustle <laughs> is behind. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the, it is the it's, stupidest it's, thing no, I've it's ever just, seen. Seriously, it's like um, we. Bustle <laughs> Fashion, that's all it was. But Ray, what it, men wearing uh,
3: white wigs, and f- that was the time. That was the, yeah. it, is 100% illogical. Oh, yeah, I'd wear that. <laughs> <laughs> you would, Oscar. You totally would. Just, uh,
0: Oscar just saw a picture with, of your, a with your
3: waiter pants that go up to your calves. Uh, yeah, anyhow, and you know, and, and those things they would do back then the Japanese would bind feet. Oh, I think they just stop doing that. That's illegal, I think, over there now from yeah. the time they're little kids are, they put their feet in these tight shoes and they have to so bind them up but why do they do that? <laughs> no, no. This, so
0: what's Bound on Earth,
2: Ray, Ray was about to make something. up. I want like to know did. what they're going to say about us in a hundred years. Like, <laughs> oh, they used to they? have these
0: stupid podcasts. I begin with yeah.
2: Welcome no. to Living Waters Podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> was that your uh, easy? That's the best I
3: can do. I, in hundred in a hundred years, with the exception of Ray, they're going to say about the three of us who. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, That's um, and then you know, and then oh, but the Africans with the with the rings on the neck—that's that to extend the neck, and it's fashionable. Okay, but tell me the plate. On the front of the lift. That's so you can eat. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to hold your plate. That's it. That that the mother goes around with (laughs) a big
0: spoon and just drops it in the kid's plate. That has to
3: be the most perplexing thing I've ever seen. It's the plate, and they keep enlarging it. I'm talking like literally the size of a small plate. So why don't we start that in universities? It would take on. (laughs) It would, but they've done everything else. Yeah, and I mean seriously, that probably comes from some of those cultures. The the plugs and the ears that keep expanding. Expanding Plugs. I've seen guys with big. Holes in their ears? Yeah. I, I have two them. holes in my ears.
0: <laughs> Actually, when you want to witness to someone with holes in their ears, just put your finger out into the hole and pull it down. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. Here's a comment from TNBS, K-Nizzle. bis Whatever. I have no idea what that name is. A joy to listen to in every sense. These men make me laugh and make me think. They're so enjoyable to be with... I feel like I know them. I especially appreciate and need the constant keeping on the track of where my joy comes from. I especially appreciate and need, I just read that, salvation. <laughs> Man, what is wrong with me today? Oh, and, how, and how to live to honor God in light of all Christ has done for me. If only every Christ follower has a group like yours to hold each other accountable, and a man like Ray Comfort who follows Christ so closely that he's a modern-day Paul. His ways of explaining the things of God have helped me clarify so many aspects that confused me and kept me from important truths that lead me to share the gospel. (laughs) What's funny about that? Ray, Ray just showed a picture of that plate. How in the
0: world do you live like that? I don't know. Um, took me twenty minutes to kiss my wife goodbye. <laughs> That's
3: crazy.
0: Isn't that anyway,
3: insane? sorry, friend, for the distraction. T-N-B-S-N-E's. Uh You have blessed us today. Thank you for that encouragement, and uh, pray for us and Ray Comfort, especially. Ray, why are you looking at stuff? Because there's even bigger plates. <laughs> you, find, I, you, you should look up the biggest one. Well, this 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 takes the cake. What?
0: Look at that one. Looks like a big pizza. Whoops. <laughs> oh, it was the ultimate just yeah. got away? Oh, All right, way, that easy,
3: <laughs> that's
0: insanity. That looks like a pizza. What a, happens a m- when they take medium-sized
3: pizza? Their their lip, their bottom lip would how be do you in the eat. ground. Well, you just tie it a knot and carry on. <laughs> yeah, how do you eat? All right, friends. This podcast is brought to you by the Basic Training Course. Thousands upon thousands have gone out around the world. This is that eight lesson four DVDs set but you can also get it in MP4 digital format. And it comes with a study guide, 300 gospel tracts, and all kinds of good stuff to teach you how to share the gospel with others. We're going to make a new one one day. Yes, we are. One day. One day. Don't forget the Living Waters mug so that you can think while you drink and wink, but don't blink. And don't forget the Evidence Study Bible. all oh, cheapest, <laughs> <laughs> All at Living Waters. <gasps>
2: Dot com, sorry.
3: <laughs> where, where were oh, you man. in your head, Oscar? I fell asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, friends. Today we are talking actually about a serious subject. We're continuing our trek through the commandments we have not yet covered thus far in the Living Waters podcast. And today we're talking about adultery, exploring the destructiveness of adultery. Boy, Mark, you, you keep a list, and I do one uh, as well, of Especially Christian leaders that have destroyed their lives through adultery, uh, the destruction is incalculable. And you guys it, really keep a list? Yeah, is it getting? But you got it written down somewhere? Yeah, I've got mine, and I've got mine as a mental list. I think Mark actually. Has I have a one physical right list yeah. of.
1: You know, we've had the opportunity to uh, interact with a couple of these people uh, before they were found out, and the thing that kind of surprises me is how natural and normal. They acted in front of us before they were even found out, yeah. and that's, that's a scary thing to hide mm-hmm. um, from fornicating and committing adultery. I shudder. You mm-hmm. know, I, before I, I was working at a restaurant before I, uh, right when I became a Christian, I guess, or right after Bible college, and I would read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 every day before I went into work. Wow. Uh, every single day, today I read Proverbs chapter seven to six and seven. Today, mm-hmm. I, it, it just scares me to fall into. So this is a
0: young man, and just gives straight advice to young man about the
3: whorish woman, loose yeah. woman, yeah. right? Yeah. love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week Goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah, and Mark, it's so good to be in that place as men to recognize that we are capable. I think, honestly, I've said it before, those who end up falling, I believe, into sexual sin are those that, in, in part, I mean, there are different reasons, but those in part who deceive themselves into thinking, no, nah, that I, that can never happen to me. You've yeah, got to see yeah.
1: yourself as a stick of dynamite and you don't need to be lit. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, that's what Scripture says there in Proverbs. It says, all that fell her way were strong men. Wow. Well, he, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and... And
3: it continues on, you know, back in in the day it was going on with top political leaders, presidents, obviously back in the all, day. all over the place. But what I mean by that is, but it was hidden, hmm. you know, it was uh, almost, I mean, back in certain generations, it was almost a given like, oh, that's just, you know, that's how it is. And, but w- with our modern technology today, I mean, even like, <laughs> I won't get graphic, but when we're their DNA evidences that people have committed adultery. I mean, we all remember the whole thing with, with Bill Clinton. The In blue, blue skirt. Yeah, and we, we, were, we had looked up uh, that video the other day because it came up about how he got technical, remember? You know, they said, you said there is no sexual this and that. Is that true? And he goes, well, it depends on what the meaning of is.
1: is. <laughs> For that uh, question, is yeah. that true? Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, because he said there, because right. Clinton had said there is no physical intimacy and then they said was that statement true and he said it depends on what the meaning of is is yeah. <laughs> right like it, it, meaning like back when i said it it wasn't happening i mean these guys craft things and you know and but ray the proverbs talk about a, a man who, who gets caught in adultery becoming like a crust of bread elaborate on that
0: oh that brings back a terrible memory mm. really Should I share
3: it yeah it's
0: very intimate Really? Yeah, Christy I was bread? teaching a group of men, and I just said, and I had a small loaf of bread on the pulpit, and I just said um, it was a Knott'sbury farm, ah, uh, you know, indoors in their in their one of their rooms, and I said, uh, a, a man, what's the scripture again? It's, it's brought to a piece of bread by a loose yeah. woman or something Christy like bread. that. Yeah, I said, what does that mean? Well, it <laughs> means if she just wants to pick him up and eat him and spit him out, that's what happens. And mm. I picked up the crust of bread while I was talking. Took a bite of it, and then wait to keep speaking, and I couldn't.
1: <laughs> Are you serious?
0: I'm, right? I'm serious. It took, a, it took like eternity for because my mouth went dry with nervousness. Mm. It got soaked up by the bread. Everything was so mm, mm,
3: mm. <laughs> going. Wow.
0: So, but it really is. That's what happens. It's just it's got, Oh, the, the thing that I brought out is a piece of bread has got no resistance. You look at a piece of bread. I'm going to eat you right now, and wow. chew you up, and that's what a man is like to a whorish woman. Going to eat you up, buddy, and and uh, beware of the flattery of a woman like that. And you you hear a woman go up yes. to me and I, you're a nice looking
1: guy, and he just melts. You know, it's demonic if they say it to you. <laughs> Listen, Proverbs twenty two fourteen. Interesting scripture, Proverbs twenty-two fourteen. It says, yes. the mouth of an adulterous woman is a deep pit. Here's the catch right here. A man who is under the Lord's wrath falls into it. Wow. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah,
3: that's heavy. It's sobering. And, and friends, we trace this all the way back again to God's commandments. Exodus twenty fourteen. you shall not commit adultery. God is not an adulterer. Amen. God is faithful.
0: There's no and... wiggle room there, is there? No. Just four words, you shall...
2: Yes, forward. Well, and hmm. it's great that you you bring that up. It's a forward command. There's no wheel room, and unfortunately, I mean, so many people, including Christians, seemingly tend to want to compromise and and move the line a little bit. A recent survey was done and listen to these results here's the question they asked and this was only asked of evangelical self-proclaimed evangelicals how often if ever would you say the following activities would be cheating on a spouse or partner let me just read these watching pornography without your partner 31% going to a strip club without your partner Thirty seven percent. PS without your partner. What? Like why does that matter? Right.
3: Just yeah. say hey honey, you wanna go to the strip yeah, club tonight?
2: I, I don't <laughs> understand that's a whole other conversation. Wow. Going out to dinner with someone that you're attracted to, fifty-three percent. Only fifty-three percent. Wow. Sending a flirtatious message to someone besides your partner, fifty-eight percent. Being Are these people emotionally that say it's wrong, fifty eight the percentage. Only fifty eight percent say that would be wrong. Being emotionally involved with someone besides your partner, sixty-seven percent. How about one hundred percent? Actively maintaining an online dating profile while married, 68%. Sending sexually explicit messages to someone other than your partner, 75%. Mm. How is that not 100%? Romantically kissing someone other than your partner, 78%. Having a one night stand with someone other than your partner, 77%. Having a a regular sexual relations with someone other than your partner, 82%. The last one is, would you be more likely or less likely to support a presidential candidate who has in the past committed extramarital affairs, only 43%. So like we are moving this line. This line is being moved that we just don't care. Well, and look at
3: what's happening in culture, right? With... uh polyamory and right and who's she you know <laughs> like, who? right the, the whole thing of, of Do you know, you know what polyamory is
0: it's multiple sexual partners with the consent of your spouse
3: yeah yeah well and it's yeah it's all of them living together sometimes you'll have three men and two women or a man and three women or two it's just this crazy there's thing. nothing new under the exactly. sun though is there? this is true yeah and and yet you know, you see with even people like uh, Will Smith, right? When mm-hmm. he, they talk about he and his wife having an open relationship, that's become a, a common term now, an open relationship, which means we're still married. We're still, you know, we still love each other, but we're going to do that. I mean, there was a guy that used to be a pastor that Mark and I know, and he was doing this podcast or something. He talked about how he and his wife are committed to each other. But if, some, if they end up being really attracted to someone, once in a while, they'll give each other a hall pass,
1: he called is that he was a senior pastor
3: absolutely heartbreaking and tragic yeah so like a hell pass yeah Yeah. but but that's that's what's happening in our culture and in our society it's becoming this like thing where marriage doesn't mean anything anymore yeah and who who could be so twisted in their mind to share their wife with other men wives sharing their husbands with other women i I don't know I, i just god help us there's nothing new but it seems like it's getting worse, mm. worse than ever. A desensitization of heart and mind. Listen, to this. this is by Ken Hughes. He said, recently, Leadership Magazine commissioned a poll of 1,000 pastors. Oh, boy. The pastors indicated that 12% of them had committed adultery while in ministry. One out of eight. 12%? One out of eight pastors. And 23% had done something they considered sexually inappropriate. Christianity Today surveyed a thousand of its subscribers who were not pastors and found the figure to be nearly double, with 23% saying they had had extramarital intercourse and 45% indicating they had done something they themselves deemed sexually inappropriate. One in four Christian men are unfaithful and nearly one-half have behaved unbecomingly. Shocking statistics, especially when we remember that Christianity Today readers tend to be college-educated church leaders, elders, deacons, Sunday school superintendents, and teachers. If this is so for the church's leadership, how much more for the average member of the congregation? Couldn't you double
0: those statistics, realizing that these these were the ones that had committed adultery, but suddenly became honest about it?
3: Yeah, that's That's true. I mean, how many are really being... you know, upright about it and telling yeah. the truth. So it's it's a massive problem, and you know this is in part
2: why I wrote my book. Fight oh, like I was a just man. about to say what we need is some sort of like bold <laughs> biblical battle plan <laughs>
3: for personal purity. That's what we need. Yes, friends, it will be coming out. Publisher has it; they're working on it. So keep a lookout. But that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book because
2: we have a massive problem. And it... it, We don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Easy, because I I have to imagine that for most people, it doesn't start with adultery. It starts way beforehand with the compromising of lust, pornography. So talk about that space, like before the adultery, what is happening? How are we conditioning our hearts to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's
3: a famous saying, Marcus quoted it often, you know, before a person sins in public, he sinned a long time before that in private. And I think it is this strong pull of sexual desire, which which is is very strong. I mean, in my book, I talk about how it, it, it gives nuclear power a run for its money. Mm. It's it, it's it destroys kingdoms. It, it ruins uh, families. It destroys careers. Mm. It, it's a it, it's like you know, for most men, it's like the the urge to to eat. Right, you're starving and you're famished and. So there's so much that happens leading up to it. And as Ray often says, ultimately it comes down to the fear of God. Hmm. It comes down to that decision of saying, no, I'm going to fear and honor the Lord. Yes, I have this urge. I have this drive, but my God is worthy of my life. And you develop this healthy, godly habit. You know, Ray, you often go to the, the spiritual aspect of the law, Matthew 5, 27 to 28. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Right? The danger is that we carry with us wherever we go this instant capacity to give in to adultery, to sexual sin because of our minds and our hearts.
0: For as a Christian, I was so consumed by sexual lust as a teenager, a late teenager, that I thought I had some sort of gift. Really? I thought it was like... Maybe a gift from God or something like that I could instantly have pleasure with any female In my mind right. Which every guy can do And that was the power of a lust And when I became a Christian That's the verse that brought me to the foot of the cross mm. I realized, man, my eyes are full of adultery No one knew about it, but me and the Lord I get so many people reprove me Of quoting that verse and saying You idiot, that doesn't mean Looking with lust It's, it's to do with adultery If you look at a married woman <laughs> with lust that's committing adultery in your heart you don't even understand this and i have to write back in a very cynical way and say okay i see what you're saying what you've got to do is figure out the women that you're going to lust after are married so what do you do you look at a woman and go up to her and say excuse me ma'am i was thinking of lusting after you but i want to know if you're married because if you're married i won't lust after you if you're not married i can lust after you so are you married or not and you have to do the same thing with pornography You've got to make sure all the women you're looking at are single women and not married women. No. And that's to get away from the words of Jesus. Whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her, whoever has committed adultery already with her in his heart.
3: No. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes I'll be in a public place and I'll, I'll see a pretty woman walk by and I'll start looking at the men that are around. And it's, it's just so ubiquitous. It's almost like metal being drawn to, to, to a magnet, you know, and all you just see like almost every man's eyes just begin to follow this woman. And mm. man, there's stuff happening there in the imagination that is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. And Mark, a lot of people, again, excuse it because they say, Hey, what is a thought going to, going to do to harm anything? Leave me alone.
1: This is what I want to do in my own mind. Yeah. We, we've said before, you know, Chuck Swindoll, was famous for saying, you know, you sow a thought, you reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, you reap a destiny. Hmm. It all starts within that mind. You entertain that thought. Somebody once said, uh, uh, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but Spurgeon. you can prevent him from uh, building oh, a nest in your head. Martin Luther or Spurgeon? Spurgeon
0: quoted it. He might, oh, have, quoted he might have quoted Luther. Luther. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really powerful. Start again, Mark. Someone
1: interrupted. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember it. Uh, Heath Lambert, though, he said, this is the vicious cycle of lust because lust never has what it wants because it never has enough. Yeah. Lust steals joy by creating an endless state of discontentment in the constant search for that one next thing that you don't have yet. Lust is never happy because lust is never full. There's a hole at the bottom of the cup.
0: So yeah. let me share the quality of that quote so we don't, people do not miss it with my interruption. Um, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your
1: hair. Yeah. And what does that mean? Draw that out.
0: So you just uh, you, you get a, a lustful thought. You just don't, don't own it. You don't grab it and, and chew it over and let it become part of you. Mm. I've dealt with lust in a wonderful way. Many years ago, I had uh, surgery on my eyes, laser surgery. And they give you an option, get both eyes done, and you can't see in the distance, but you can see up closely. Or get one eye done, and you can see in distance, and you can read up. And which, I, So I got one eye done, which means when I look at the distance with my right eye, it goes blurry. So when I see a lust woman, I just close an eye like that, and she tends in an instant blur, but I do get slapped a lot. Because you're, <laughs> <weak>, you're <getting laughs> winking. <at.
1: laughs> Ray, was it, was it you the one that told me that every time you feel that temptation, you pray for wisdom?
0: Yeah, you pray a negative, a positive. Sorry, or I look at the sky and just say, how cool that sky is that God has made." Distract myself because once they're out of sight, they're out of mind. Yeah. It really does help yeah. to just look away. And but I, I, it's very hard for women to understand. Like Izzy was saying, the nuclear power thing. It really is true. You, you're, you're driving your car, and I can see a lusty woman from fifteen miles away. Hmm and i just got to be that so was a careful.
2: mountain your eyes were blue <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and even at my age and, and guys it does not the fire does not go out it gets worse as you get older i'm coming up to 74 and i'm talking about i'm fighting lust daily it's yeah. crazy
3: yeah it's it's a reality and yet we grow in the lord we grow in his grace he strengthens us he empowers us he enables us And we can find victory through Christ. I mean, that's the good news. I know there are guys listening to us right now and thinking, man, is there really hope for me? Well, you don't feed it. Yeah. And that's that's the the thing. They're ensnared in pornography. Yeah. And that's a tragedy today with a click of a button. I mean, it used to be guys had to go to their computer and, you know. No, 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 What? You're talking your generation. (laughs) I'm
0: talking pre-generation. You had to go to a magazine you had to get it it wasn't even legal well that
3: was yeah that was my generation you had to get it
0: from under the counter that's where you get pornography called under the counter and so you had to go to a lot of you know to to get something in your hands that people can get within a second you had to
3: i mean as a teenager you had to steal it Mm because you had to be 18 to buy it or your friend's dad had a stash somewhere videos or magazines or but now these young people with the click of a button yeah in their hand, wherever they are at any time, an unlimited supply
2: of destructive pornography. Here's another reality too, though, is that uh, as it pertains to adultery, it's not always the physical that draws people. Sometimes, especially for women, because actually I was surprised to read that women are the leaders of divorce and adultery right now. So it's not men that are committing adultery more, it's women committing adultery more. And they say that more often than not, what What starts the adultery is an emotional affair. In other words, Mm. you feel the emotional detachment from your spouse. You feel unseen, unheard, unknown, unloved, and it begins with companionship. This person understands me. This person listens to me. This person knows me the way my spouse does not. And in either scenario, whether it's uh, physical lust or it's uh, the lust, because lust ultimately, the the, the original word lust simply means desire, Mm. right? It's a wrongfully placed desire for the physical, for the emotional, for the attention. Here's the thing. We've already alluded to this, that our desires are so often misplaced What we need is not always what we think we need. In other words, sometimes we want the thing that we actually don't need. And the problem is, is that as we pursue wrongful desires, as we pursue lust, they will leave us thirsty, wanting more and more and more, constantly unsatisfied and I love how the New Testament uses the phrase living water if you think about the meaning of that phrase for us to really grasp it we can't do that where we live now because we have water in abundance right yeah. but these are people that lived in the desert who were always thinking about where their next drink was going to be or they would die yeah right and much of the water that they drank was still water it wasn't Good water. The idea of living water was fresh, flowing, cold, in abundance. And so what, what Jesus is saying is that if you pursue these lusts, if you pursue these desires, you will be left thirsty. Mm. But only I, Jesus, can fulfill those desires. Only I, Jesus, is the living water, whether you are feeling lonely or or wanting the only fulfillment you will ever find for yourself is in Christ. Amen.
3: Yeah, it's it's a whole issue of spiritual starvation I've talked about before, you know, in the natural you deprive yourself of your normal diet, your hunger pains will intensify, your cravings will increase. You must satisfy that craving. So we substitute. We go we go to Things that we would never normally eat. That's why people starving will eat bark off of trees. They'll eat leaves. Mm. They'll eat rats, roaches. They'll eat human beings, right? The the whole story alive with that rugby team, mm. the plane crash. Oh, yeah. They were stuck. They, they were hungry. They ended up eating the people that died. I mean, no one does that in their right mind, but it's that process of starvation. It's first deprivation uh, that leads to desperation, that leads to deviation, which is substitution, that leads to deterioration. And so we must satisfy ourselves in Christ yeah. because he, we have spiritual cravings meant to be satisfied by Him. And if we don't, like the proverb says, right? To, to the satisfied soul, even the honeycomb is loathsome. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet.
1: That's good. You know, what will a hungry man eat? Anything. If he's hungry enough, no. he'll, he'll eat anything. Hoo hoo grub. You know, in sharing with uh, my kids, you know, trying to get into their lives when they're really little and young, trying to figure out, as they're trying to figure out the opposite sex and they feel this an attraction going on and say, hey, it's okay to, to feel that pull. It's just, what do you do with that pull? Hmm. How, how do you respond? How do you interpret all of that? And then as they got on into their teenage years and started getting interested in uh, different people and they're hanging out more and they're just kind of figuring things out, I have... Um, my daughter, Ella, is in a relationship with a guy named Ryan and absolutely love Ryan uh, mm-hmm. to death. Um, How about Ella? You love her? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of love my daughter. But and just simply saying, what is your view on kissing? What is your view on, you know, and just going down uh, the whole realm there? And just explaining to him, I go, listen, you've been designed to go all the way, to have sex. You've been designed like a sex is a beautiful Beautiful thing, designed by God. Mm. When you get married, people bring you gifts. God is bringing you a gift when you get married, and that gift is sex. And unfortunately, people open up that gift before it's time, and it spoils the gift. So avoid that gift, opening that gift early. And how you can avoid that is just avoid all the things that lead up to that. Mm. There's nothing you need to do. If you're watching a movie, you don't need to be sharing a blanket. Uh, You don't need to be kissing on the lips. Mm. You you don't just, just wait. Just wait, because all of these things have been progressed inside of you to lead towards sex. And if you have these feelings begin to stir up inside of you, you will not be able to be strong enough to resist those temptations. That's true. So you just need to run, run from it all, set the boundary right from the beginning. If you go, well, how far is too far? If you're asking that question, how far is too far? You've already gone too far in your mind because it's not how much can I do and still be a Christian? It's how much can I abstain from all of these things that are just worldly in appearance and walk with God? That's what I want. It's not thinking through these things. How much can I do? But it's, man, how fast can I run and just keep my eyes on the Lord? And I heard one Christian singer once say, look, I'm not going to be caught up with women and people of this nature. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run so hard after God. And when I'm ready to get married, I'm going to look to the left and look to the right and see if there's somebody that kept up with me in my pursuit of Christ. And I'm going to marry that person and marry them as quickly as I possibly can. Oh, so good. Hey Ray, I'd love you to elaborate
3: on, on this, Proverbs 6 beginning of verse 32 whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding he who does so destroys his own soul wounds and dishonor he will get and his reproach will not be wiped away yeah
0: boy i was having a thought while mark was speaking and we'll go further on to that in a minute but it's hard to put these appropriately but if you stir up sexual desire especially in teenage years that fire will consume your conscience mm. You think you've got a tender conscience that would never steal, you'd never lie, dishonor your parents, but when that fire, that sexual desire is there, conscience just takes a back seat. So true. And uh, you'll do things that you, you look back and say, Was I out of my mind? And really, you're out of your mind. That's, yeah. what, that's what sexual desire does. It's meant for the joys of marriage and it's meant to consume you and it's meant for love. And
3: uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, the proverb says be always enraptured with her love it gets more graphic than that <laughs> no i'll let it be graphic because
0: i remember doing that reading with my family <laughs> do you remember that story
3: yeah yeah we
0: were going through pro- well pro- i
3: guess th- i guess parents will see the the topic as some young a lot of young people listen to this podcast but yeah i mean it says let her breast satisfy you at all times yeah but you know? when
0: we we're having a reading in proverbs, proverbs 6 i think it is yeah i just said to jacob who's my oldest uh, no i said to sue uh, do you want to read the next verse? Because that's what I, <laughs> she says, no. I, so I, I should have just said, read it. So I said to Jacob, who's model would you, do you want to read the next verse? And he said, no. And then I said <laughs> to Rachel and Daniel was, no one wanted to read it. We just had to let I said it, I think. But, yeah, and it's, it's actually a great thing mm. to read to a non-Christian. So, you know, the Bible says the best place for sex is in bed. Yeah. Bed is undefiled And it says enjoy the breast of your wife The Bible is unashamedly an instruction book And it tells you just stay within the confines of marriage yeah. if, you, if your dad gives you a Lamborghini And says son You just stay on the right side of the road That's all I ask And you go on the wrong side of the road He's got the right to take the keys back um, Yeah. And uh, God gives us sex as a wonderful gift Of pleasure and procreation it just sit down the right side of the road in well, you know, marriage.
2: yeah, I think that's an important verse. And if you think about like how, how can we apply that to ourselves, I'm speaking specifically to men who are married. And one of the ways that we don't do a good job of that is when we start comparing. And you cannot look at pornography. You cannot look at other women walking on the street that are not your wife and not help but compare. Yeah. When you do that, inevitably what's going to happen is you're going to be unsatisfied with what God has given to you to be your portion. And I remember specifically after Kelly had, I can't remember what baby, baby two or baby three. I remember at one point, shortly after that, she was like, oh, you know, my my body isn't what it used to be. And I was like, hey, I'm not comparing you to other women. Hmm. And I'm not comparing you to who you were when I married you. What I have in front of me is what the Lord has given me. And that's like, to be able to say that to your wife because you're not comparing them to anybody else is a gift to her. And it's a satisfying gift to yourself. Well put. I heard a preacher once talking about the fifth
0: commandment on your father and mother. And he said, young man, you despise your mother when she gave up a
3: figure to bear you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's powerful. Yeah. And, and, you know, let me just say, we're so hesitant oftentimes as, as Christians to talk about sex. And it's because of how Satan has twisted it, mm-hmm. how the, the, our carnal nature has uh, really tarnished it. Sex is beautiful. It was God's idea. It's his design. I mean, you think about it. Hey, we do. Yeah. <laughs> human, <laughs> human life that bears the holy image of God is created through it. Those children that we would give our lives for were produced through that that beautiful act. So there should be no shame. And when we talked to our kids about sex when when they were young and we taught them about it, we purposed, as I've shared before, to give them the right perception of it from the very beginning when we even told them we were going to talk to them about it. We said, hey, kids, tonight we have something amazing to talk to you about. You know, most parents are like, oh, you're gonna know, have that talk. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they're like getting all nervous and, oh, uh, you know. No, no, we, we determined proactively. We said, we're gonna say, we're gonna talk to you about something so beautiful, so exciting. Because the analogy I've shared that others have shared that, right, our children's minds, they're like an empty warehouse with empty shelves. And whoever gets there and stocks those shelves first is gonna make it harder for the other person to unstock and restock. So we wanted their first impressions to be beautiful and positive. And so we sat down with them, we took them through these little books and just, oh, it's beautiful, it's God's gift, but within the confines of marriage. Mm-hmm.
0: Izzy, I've heard you talk about how everybody sends off a couple on their honeymoon rejoicing, knowing exactly
3: what they're going to do. Can you <laughs> so address true. that for a minute? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just crazy to think, you know, they're going off to the honeymoon and everyone is like, yep, that's where they're going. It's like, everyone knows. I remember talking about their honeymoon. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like, you know, what are you guys going to do on your honeymoon? You know? <laughs> Duh. Right. But, but
0: you compare that to someone who's shacking up and it's a shameful thing, but yeah. it's just an unashamed
3: rejoicing. This couple's going to enjoy the marital bed. Yeah. It's beautiful. God designed it. He made it. And, and I think honestly, as Christians, and this is to, as an encouragement to those of you listening who, who, who you know, are thinking, what can I do to guard my marriage against adultery? Be together, as 1 Corinthians 7 talks about regularly, and pursue excellence in your intimacy. Why, why is it we as Christians we, you know, think about and talk about pursuing excellence in everything, but we kind of segregate intimacy and don't think that way? or talk? Are you kidding me? This is a gift God has given you as a couple for a lifetime. You need to learn to enhance it, to discuss it, to improve it, to pursue it with excellence, and to
2: glorify God in it because you can. Hmm. You reminded me of it, which is Rebecca McLaughlin in her book, Confronting Christianity. It's like chapter three or four, if I'm remembering correctly. It's called The Miracle Drug. Is the chapter, and essentially what she does is she goes through and she says, like, people think, like, oh, you know, Christianity, it sounds so dull, it sounds so boring, it takes away all the joys. And she quotes this secular survey in which goes around surveying all sorts of people groups about who is satisfied in their sexual lives. They ask polyamorous, they ask single people who are sexually active, married couples. The number one group that showed the highest rate of sexual satisfaction was married Christians who regularly attend church. In other words, Christianity is not a buzzkill is what she says in the book, but instead an invitation to ultimate joy. And then she goes on to quote C.S. Lewis. I know I've used this before in the past. C.S. Lewis says it like this. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Mm. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is Mm -hmm. offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea Mm. we are far too easily pleased do you see that god is not trying to hold back joy rather he's inviting us into joy Mm.
1: and we can trust him that he'll deliver amen sam storms he said don't believe the propaganda the world is peddling this is not god's way of robbing you of fun and pleasure it is his passionate desire to intensify it. This prohibition exists in order to protect and preserve the beauty and the joy of marital sex.
3: Hmm.
1: Our laws against theft and murder exist because of the high value we place on personal property and human life. So, too, with this prohibition against illicit sex, the purpose is to guard and to preserve and to enhance something far more exciting and full of fun, pleasure, namely marital love. Amen. Wow, that's beautiful. And in connection with what Oscar shared, the
3: reason why sexual intimacy is so enjoyable in a Christian marriage is because you have a couple that have a common bond and his Mm -hmm. name is Christ. Mm -hmm. They both love him. And as they draw closer to him, they draw closer to each other. In addition to that, there's the foundation of trust mm. because they both fear God. Right. There's a commonality of their faith and, you know, their love for the Lord and their unity in the community of God's people. So, you know, there was an analogy given of a couple who are just fighting and have acrimony between them. Each time they do that, it's like they're dumping a big bag of garbage on, in their bed. Hmm. like all day and it's piling, piling. Then they they expect to come and be intimate in that bed at the end of the day. No way. Hmm. There's that foundation of loving the Lord that creates that closeness. And I, I know we didn't end up expounding on it, but the, that verse in Proverbs 6 about he who commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding, that's what it is. There's a lack of understanding about how this dishonors God, about how this Mars, the testimony of the gospel about how this destroys your children and your grandchildren and generations to come. And it takes something beautiful and desecrates it. And those who commit adultery, yeah, their reproach will not be wiped away, but but there is hope Mm. and there's grace in the Lord. John eight, the woman caught in the act of adultery in the very act and and they came to stone her. Mm. And, and Jesus has mercy on her. You know, He does the whole writing in the sand thing. And then he says to her, where are your accusers? Does no one condemn you? No one, Lord, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I mean, can you imagine the, the freedom that woman felt mm. when Jesus told her something you just did that was worthy of death is fully forgiven, fully gone. And that's what he does by his grace.
0: I like the thought that the law was written in stone It's immovable, it's merciless, but Jesus wrote in sand, and the sea
3: of God's forgetfulness washes that sin away the moment we come to Christ. Amen. Yeah, and so friends, if you're out there, my my encouragement to you, if you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm tempted to commit adultery, I'm struggling with it, whether it's physical or whether it's through pornography, I wanna urge you to flee from it. Wake up and recognize the devastating effects. It is not worth it. And you have the name of Christ upon you. You, you drag that name through the mud, you take the cross, you spit on it, you trample it beneath your feet, you say through your actions in essence, it means nothing. And I pray God convicts you today to wake up, to snap out of it, to, to remember God's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And if you have committed adultery and you're, you're convicted now, you see your sin, there is forgiveness for you in the Lord. There is hope. There is restoration. We've seen guys who committed adultery against their wives, wives against their husbands, and God took them, restored their marriage, made it stronger than ever before. That's what our God does. So let him do that in you. Amen.
0: No funny at the end
3: of this one. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not for this one. So check it all out, friends. I know there are people that are heavy hearted now. No time for funniness. Mm. Livingwaters.com. Don't forget podcast at livingwaters.com. Check out all the stuff I talked about at the beginning. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. It still is the ultimate cure for insomnia.